Hey there, you are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number 42, Personal versus Circumstantial Power. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. Welcome to the podcast today and happy spring. I really um, do love, you know, something about every season of the year, but I think spring might be my very favorite. And we're, of course, coming up on spring break soon, which my kids are pretty thrilled about. Um, We may or may not be counting down the days. It's always nice to have something to look forward to, right? Well, I'm excited to be with you today and especially to be talking about this concept of personal power versus circumstantial power. So I thought I'd begin with explaining um, what these two terms mean. But first, let's talk a little bit about the word power. What is power? If you take a look at the dictionary, there are a few different definitions, but the two that stood out to me were um, one, possession of control, authority, or influence, and two, the ability to act or produce an effect. So that first definition, um, those are words we certainly associate with power, right? Control, authority, influence. We see a lot of people using their power in the world for both good and for evil, right? Today, if you look in the news, you will find stories of people using their authority and influence both to bless and build and lift and others using their power to control and tear down and destroy. And so it's not power that is inherently good or bad, right? It's what you do with your power that's important. Um, But that's the second um, definition there is the part that I really want to focus on, the ability to act or produce an effect. To me, that's agency, right? That's the power and privilege given to us by our heavenly parents to think and act for ourselves and not to be acted upon. And I wonder if we understand the significance of this gift and what it really means for us in choosing and managing and even creating our life's experience. So let's talk about the difference between circumstantial and personal power. Circumstantial power is when we think that our power or or permission or even ability to act comes from our external circumstances. It's when we believe that we can only think or feel or act a certain way when the circumstances of our lives make it easy or fun or desirable, when everything works out or falls into place, when people behave in a certain way, Uh, we think our power to act comes from outside of us. And this can get tricky because if we are reliant on our circumstances to be perfect in order to feel the way we want to feel or do the things we want to do, we might be waiting a very long time, right? And in some cases, we might, that might never happen. And then we're just stuck. So personal power is, as you probably have guessed, is believing that the power to act comes from within you. That even when your circumstances aren't perfect or easy or even desirable, you still have the power to choose how you will act, how you want to feel, and who you will be. Personal power is all about who you're being when things aren't going the way you planned, when the people in your life aren't behaving like you wish they would, when you don't see immediate results for your efforts or evidence that what you're doing is working. Who are you then? Who are you consistently being in the ups and downs of your life is everything. It will determine the quality of your relationships, uh, both with yourself and with others. It will determine how successful you are at accomplishing your goals. It will determine how much peace and motivation and love and confidence that you feel, right? It will determine what you believe you are capable in your life. 
So think about what you do when things outside of you get hard. Do you rise up to meet the challenge? Or do you kind of slip into a victim mentality and say, well, I guess I can't have that then. I guess I'm just unlucky or I'm not capable or this thing just isn't possible for someone like me. Personal power is your ability to act in spite of fear or doubt or not having the whole picture laid out in front of you. Circumstantial power says, um, I will do this thing or be this person as long as, um, whereas Personal power says, I will do this thing or be this person no matter what. So let me give you um, a quick little example of this. When my kids were little, I had a really hard time sticking with an exercise you know, schedule. Um, the timing was tricky, and when I did actually make time for it and, and do it, I was always being interrupted. Um, I was tired. I was up with babies all night. So needless to say, my workouts were not as consistent as I would have liked in those years with young children which was fine, right? I don't fault myself for that. I don't shame myself or think I should have done it differently. I'm sure I got plenty of exercise in other ways, right? Chasing kids around. But I think it's interesting that, you know, fast forward when I did get to the point when all my kids were in school and I had more open pockets of time where I was home alone and I could exercise um, without interruption, um, that issue was solved, right? But my brain would just then come up with other excuses as to why I couldn't keep a consistent schedule. It would tell me that I had too many other things to do, too much housework, too many errands to run, too many other things that were urgent and that I could just work out another day, right? My brain would tell me that I just wasn't feeling super motivated that day and I should just wait until I felt more like exercising. Yeah, I'm sure I'd feel more like it another time, right? Or it would tell me that I was tired and I needed to conserve my energy, that I actually wouldn't feel better after working out, um, but that it would make me more exhausted. And I realized one day that no matter what my circumstance, my brain was wanting to be efficient and keep it easy and it was always going to be looking for an out. And if I wanted to be really consistent and get the benefits and results I was wanting from regularly exercising, I was going to have to learn to stop believing that brain of mine. I was going to have to dip into my personal power instead of waiting on the stars to align and the circumstances to be perfect because if that's what I was waiting for, for no distractions, no resistance, no excuses as to why I should just skip it and do it another day, well, that was not going to actually happen very often at all. And that was a powerful realization for me and it really changed the way I thought about um, what I really wanted here and what my commitment to my goal was going to be. And shifting into my personal power, deciding who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do, even when circumstances weren't perfect, really made a difference. It was everything. Um, another way I've seen this show up in my life is, interestingly enough, in my church service. I've talked in the past how um, growing up I was very shy, very reserved, and I always felt like I needed someone else's permission to act. And so if I had a specific assignment or calling to serve, then I felt like I could act on promptings or go serve someone. Um, I think that I felt if I acted without permission, or without some kind of authorization that I was stepping on toes or crossing boundaries, or I was probably worried on some level of being rejected or told I was doing it wrong, right? Something, I'm not exactly sure, but I had to learn that actually I didn't need a formal calling or assignment um, to do the good I wanted to do, or serve the way that I wanted to serve, or to have the influence I wanted to have. I could go take dinner to someone I knew was maybe having a hard time, or even someone who just popped into my mind without being asked or assigned. Um, I could reach out to a teenager who I knew was struggling and just listen and let them know that someone was aware of and cared about them and what they were going through. Um, I learned I could just take the initiative and go sit by someone in Sunday school or Relief Society and start up a conversation and, and be the one to 
you know, be a friend. And when I decided that I didn't need an outside circumstance to dictate what actions I would take, I actually had some really sweet opportunities to serve and some really beautiful experiences that I just wouldn't have had otherwise, you know, waiting um, to be told what to do. One more area, um, I was thinking that I've seen this and I've actually, I think there are a lot of women um, who might struggle with this one. Um, I've worked with a lot of clients on this, but for a long time, I felt like in order for me to feel good, to feel like I was a good mom, that I was a good wife, um, that everyone else had to be happy and thriving and validating me that I was indeed doing a good job. And that's a tricky one, right? I remember hearing um, a quote from Sister Hinckley, um, wife of President Gordon B. Hinckley, you know, years ago, who had been a mother of five children, and she just made the comment that she couldn't possibly be happier than her saddest child at any given time. And she said at least one of her five children was going to be sad, and so she just kind of jokingly remarked that she realized she that didn't bode very well for her, right? <laughs> and those of you who are mothers can probably relate. It's not that we don't want to be sensitive or empathetic or compassionate. Of course, we want to hold space for our kids and help them through whatever is going on in their lives. But at the same time, we need to be the emotional adults, right? We need to decide intentionally how we want to feel and how we will show up um, and not become victims to things that are outside of our control. So when I learned that I could do my very best to teach and love and prepare my kids and then let them go and live their own lives and make their own decisions, and if they did suffer, if they did have challenges, that none of that was a reflection of whether or not I was a good mom or whether or not I did enough. That helped me kind of get rid of a lot of what we call the dirty or unnecessary pain, right? The guilt and the shame and the feelings of failure that we kind of layer on top of, of the clean pain, which, you know, the clean pain is kind of the natural feelings we have of grief or sadness or concern, right? That we all feel when our kids are struggling. So it's not that we want to just be happy in any circumstance, right? It's more about choosing carefully those clean emotions that will help us move through and help and heal rather than those dirty emotions that keep us stuck and get us down on ourselves. And this goes for marriage too. For several several years, um, I literally could not tolerate uh, my husband feeling sad or frustrated or annoyed or angry. Basically, I didn't think that he should feel any of those negative emotions ever, and that if he did, I believed it was my responsibility to immediately fix it, right? And I did everything in my power to manage his emotions so that I could feel like a good wife. Um, and it really was, you know, kind of a form of codependency to the extreme, which seems like a good thing in the moment, right? Because it's kind of like a band-aid, a quick solution to temporarily fix the problem. But if you've ever fallen into this trap and tried it for very long, um, you know it can be exhausting and it can eventually bring on feelings of resentment and just slowly whittle away at your own confidence. And so, yes, you get the reward of the other person feeling good in that moment. So you can give yourself permission to feel good too. But this can create um, patterns of, again, unhealthy people-pleasing, codependence, right? And it doesn't really serve um, either person in the relationship very well in the long run. And breaking these patterns, really getting to the root and changing that dynamic in my own marriage was hard, I'll admit, on both sides. But I have to say, I believe it saved my marriage and it was totally worth the work that it took. And I think this principle of personal power applies especially to goals, things we want to achieve in our lives. Who are you when you don't see instant results? Who are you when you don't see immediate evidence that what you're doing is working? Who are you when the circumstances aren't as favorable as you would like? Do you procrastinate? Do you come up with excuses? Do you find ways to avoid it? Or do you just plain give up and say, well, I guess this just wasn't meant to be? 
Um, my daughter is in her last semester of nursing school and for their last um, clinical or hospital experience, they call it the capstone where she's at. Um, they kind of have a little bit of say or at least can put in preferences of where they like to be, what area they'd like to be assigned to. And she had really loved her experience working in labor and delivery and in the NICU with the babies and um, her clinical year or so ago. And she kind of decided that the, that was the field she really wanted to try to end up working in after graduation. And so she applied for her capstone, put in her preferences, and really felt good about it, that this was going to work out. Well, she called me one day um, last fall, just devastated. She said that she'd been assigned not only to the area of the hospital, which had been her least favorite during her clinicals, but also it was at a hospital, you know, it was really far away and she she was going to have a bad commute. And so disappointed was an understatement. I think she felt like she'd, you know, worked really hard and tried to be really involved in in the program there at school. And she was really just crushed. Now, she also had some other things going on at that time, too, um, including significant health challenges. She has Crohn's disease and had been on a certain medication for a couple years that had really been helping her. Um, It was an infusion that she would, you know, go in for every eight weeks or so. And right around the time of this capstone situation, she had gone in for an infusion and had a very severe allergic reaction to the medication as they were administering it to her. And so it was really scary. It made her really sick for a few days. And on top of that, she had to now change medications. And the medications that, um, that are there to treat Crohn's, they're called biologics. And once your body rejects them or they stop working, you can't ever go back on them. They just won't work for you. And there are really just a handful of these medications out there that are effective in treating Crohn's. And so to have one fail after only being on it a couple of years was pretty scary and frustrating and I won't go into all of it here but there ended up being some crazy mix-ups and really bad miscommunication between doctors and insurance companies and the pharmacy and it ended up being um, a couple months before they had her on a new medication which was not good because without medication she started having a major flare-up so it just really was not a good situation and so looking back you know among this and some other things um, she had a lot of hard things going on all at once And I think this capstone assignment was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for her. She really was just heartbroken. Um, Now, when she called me, of course, I tried my best, you know, to um, kind of just validate her, be sad and disappointed with her. And and I really was, you know, my heart was broken for her. Um, But I also wanted her to feel better. And I just offered her, you know, maybe this assignment wouldn't be so bad. And maybe you had something to learn here, right? And just kind of trying to help her see a different perspective. And I think she knew all that. She knew that if this was really where she was supposed to be, that she'd be okay and things would work out. But what she did next was interesting to me because I don't know if I would have had the faith or the courage or the determination to do what she did. But she called me one day a few weeks later and said, hey mom, there's an opportunity to go to a really small town. Um, Again, this one was a pretty good distance away, but to go and, and work weekends at the hospital there. And since it's such a small town, Um, in a small hospital, I'd probably get the chance to do a lot more and and be more involved like in labor and delivery and stuff, but also get to do some other things. And I was pretty surprised about this, again, because it was kind of far away. She'd have to give up her weekends with friends. She's really social. Um, She didn't know anyone else going out there. But as I talked with her, she really felt like this was the path that, you know, she should look into um, and that she should find out about this opportunity and just see if maybe, you know, this would work out for her. And so I just kind of was like, sure, you know, if, if you think this sounds good, why not go for it? Um, and so she sent the email and I kind of forgot about it for a few days. And then I got a text from her out of the blue. 
And she told me that she'd been offered a position in the labor and delivery unit at this beautiful new hospital just about 20 minutes away from her. And so I called her right away and was just like, what? how did this happen? You know, and she said she'd gotten an email back from the person who coordinates the assignments and said, you know, we don't have any openings at this small town hospital that you asked about, but would you be interested in labor and delivery at this, you know, other hospital? And she was just so happy and excited and mostly, I think, in shock. <laughs> we kind of both were. And so she is currently in the middle of that capstone right now and absolutely loving it. And it's creating some really wonderful opportunities for her already. And I think what I felt in that moment was just kind of this awe at her commitment and determination. I don't think she got that for me. <laughs> but also just really proud that she didn't stop trying. She didn't give up on what she really wanted and felt was possible for her. That she didn't become a victim to her circumstance. And in talking with her about this a few days ago, I asked her what she was thinking, what had motivated her to keep going and trying even when it seemed like everything was stacked against her. And she said she knew that she could have done something else and was just, just as successful or happy, but that this was something at her core that she just really wanted, something she felt you know, called to do and felt very strongly that she just shouldn't let this slide. And that after that conversation, it reminded me of the serenity prayer we often hear quoted um, that says, you know, grant us the serenity to accept the things we can't change, the courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think she felt like this is something she could change, that she could influence, that this was a good thing to keep trying for. And those thoughts led her to taking action that actually led to the results that she wanted. And so to me, this is a great example of personal power because in her situation, um, with some really crazy and you know disappointing circumstances happening, I don't know, I look back at myself at that age and just wonder what I would have thought because I could see myself getting caught up in the circumstances and just thinking, well, if it was meant to be, it would have happened easily and quickly, right? And it didn't, so now I guess I just have to take what I get. And um, I've kind of seen this in the world of business too, right? It's really hard to keep showing up, to keep taking action when it feels like no one cares or is listening or um, what you're doing isn't working. So it just kind of feels like, why even keep trying, right? But I've learned that those are the moments where it's most important to keep going. Those are the times that really define you and solidify, you know, who am I and who do I want to be here? Um, when you feel like you don't have any support, when you feel like you're failing, when you feel like just throwing in the towel, it happens to the best of people, right? It happens to all of us, but it's who we are in those moments, not in the moments of ease and fun and success, but in the moments where things feel like they're falling apart that determine the results we will ultimately get in our lives. And of course, there are times when we do need to slow down, you know, when we do need to give ourselves a break or cut ourselves some slack, right? But I think the key is, like that serenity prayer says, in having the wisdom to know the difference. Um, I think it's important to be onto your brain um, that likes to keep things easy and comfortable. And one of the ways I like to determine, you know, whether it's time to cut myself some slack or push forward is to imagine my future self and just, you know, ask myself, what would she think? What would she want me to do right now? What would she thank me for doing? Would she be glad in this instance that I slowed down and gave myself some grace? Because sometimes that ne that's necessary, right? Or would she be grateful that I kept going and followed through and did the thing that I said I was going to do and do the thing that I thought I couldn't do, right? It's that concept of keeping our word to ourselves. Can we trust ourselves to do what we say we will do even when we don't feel like it, even when it's hard? 
So there's definitely a place for both, but sometimes I think in the name of, you know, self-love or self-compassion, we hear a lot about that nowadays, that we can kind of unintentionally damage that relationship with ourselves when we let ourselves off the hook, um, when moving forward would actually serve us much better in the long run. Um, we have to learn how to trust ourselves to keep going, even when things are hard. So think about how you have seen this show up in your own life. Where are you waiting for circumstances or people or just something outside of you to change before you give yourself permission to feel motivated or confident or ready to take action? We're kind of conditioned in this world of ours to live from the outside in, but we need to start teaching and training ourselves to live from the inside out. So who you decide to be when things are hard, when they feel like they're falling apart or not going your way, that determines whether you know, what kind of life you will have. I heard someone say recently that waiting for power to come from your circumstances leads to a pretty mediocre life, but living from your personal power creates an exceptional one. In Doctrine and Covenants, um, section 58, verse 28, the Lord states, for the power is in them, wherein they are agents unto themselves. So the power is in you. God has given it to you. We think our results are outside of our control, but God has told us that we have everything inside of us to create what we want in our lives. We don't have to stay the same. We can grow and we can change and learn and become because of our power to choose. If there is something you want to change in your life, you have the power to create something different. And that's what I love about coaching is that it helps you access that ability to choose what your higher self wants, which are you know your goals and your dreams and it's where your true potential lies, right? to choose that over what your brain wants, which is ease and comfort and staying the same. That's our default, but that doesn't mean it's our only choice. And so stepping into your personal power can help you break that status quo and go to work creating something different, something your future self will thank you for. So think of one area of your life where this week you can take a step away from cir circumstantial power and step into your personal power. And if you feel stuck or don't know where to start, go get on my calendar and schedule a free call and I will help you. This work is for you. If you like the sound of it, if, it, if this resonates with you, but you just think, yeah, I'm not really the kind of person who can really change. This work is for other people. It's not for me. I invite you to come try it out. Come see what coaching is all about and what it can do for you. I promise it's challenging. It will stretch you, but it's also really fun. I just had um, a final session call with a client not long ago who was you know, finishing up her coaching package with me and she got emotional and just told me how much you know, this had helped her to see herself and her life in a new way and how grateful she was for the changes that she had seen in our time together. And I got you know, emotional too. I love my clients. They're just the best and we really just have such a great time. So if you've been sitting on the fence for a while, um, wondering if coaching is for you, come talk with me. You can schedule a call on my website at AnnetteJonesLifeCoaching.com or at Instagram at AnnetteJonesCoaching. Just go to the link in the bio. It's there. So I would love to hear from you. And really, you have nothing to lose. So, all right, guys, I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you back again here soon. Take care. If you like what you hear on this podcast and would like to learn more, I invite you to go to my website at AnnetteJonesLifeCoaching.com. There you can sign up for a free mini session where I'll help you see how the tools I teach on this podcast can be applied directly to your own personal challenges. You can also find information on classes I teach and get on my email list for a weekly dose of inspiration straight to your inbox. Again, that's AnnetteJonesLifeCoaching.com. I'll see you there.